Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who's, well, luckily he's got a lot of toilet paper stored up in his house because he's got an even flow going right now. Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. Wow, that was disturbing. Hola, Ben. I mean... Uh, so joining us, I got, we got a couple extra guest ho- co-hosts for, for today. So first up, uh, you might remember him from the singles soundtrack episode and also the Toad the Wet Sprocket Dulcinea episode. Uh, here's, here's King Jeremy the Wicked, but his friends call him Vicky or they call him Jeff Johnson. Hello guys. How are you? <coughs> Sorry, that's uh, that is uh, probably just Corona. That's probably what that is. Fantastic. All right, and uh, also joining us, you might remember him from the Weezer episode, or the Dad Songs episode, or the Killers. You were on Killers, right? Yes. Killers episode. Um, and he's joining us because we can't find a better man to join us for this episode. Here's my little brother. Dave Montgomery. Oh, shucks, bro. So, um, usually I have like a whole list of, of like interview questions to go through, but, um, this is probably going to be like a total crap show. Cause we're, we're doing this cause we're all self quarantined and we're all kind of bored. So, um, let, let's start it off. You, you guys know the, the, the drill. We got to do the t-shirt question. So, Jeff, let's start with you. What t-shirt are you wearing? I am going to be that guy, and I'm wearing my green Seattle Pearl Jam shirt, the one with the space needle going up through it. Um, Right now, I'm mourning uh, the fact that I was supposed to see Pearl Jam on April 15th in LA, and that is now canceled. All of the cool stuff is canceled right now, and it's driving me nuts, which is why I'm wearing the hat I am. I'm going to give a shout out to High West Whiskey and Bourbons, because that is going to get me through the apocalypse. <laughs> I'm calling it the pre-apocalypse, because I Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's, it's pre-apocalypse. How about you, Dave? What t-shirt are you wearing? Uh, you know, I was kind of struggling with what shirt I was going to grab, and then it kind of just hit me. The, the thing that all four of us kind of share in common is we grew up, or at least partially grew up, in Tacoma. So I'm wearing a Defiantly Tacoma t-shirt um, that uh, kind of celebrates the Tacoma Defiance, but also kind of just the, you know, the grittiness of the grit city there south of Seattle, so... What what is the Tacoma Defiance again? The Tacoma Defiance is the uh, USL championship or minor league side of the Seattle Sounders. Fantastic! So I'm a big soccer nut. Yes, you are. Yes, <laughs> Wayne. Uh, what T-shirt are you wearing? I wore this the other day for St. Patrick's Day. It's one of my many Dropkick Murphys T-shirts. This one has the like the brass knuckles, and it says, "If you want blood, we'll give you some." There you go. Nice. Did you watch the Did you watch the live stream? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I I didn't even know until you said something the other day. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It's my favorite made up American holiday. So I was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, 
just real quick, speaking of live streaming, I don't know if you guys know or not. Um, I think I might have mentioned it to you, Ben, but Ben Gibbard of Death Cab for Cutie is uh, live streaming every day uh, while this is going on, at, at least for the next two weeks or something like that. Um, live streaming every day at four o'clock at Death Cab's YouTube page. Um, okay. So I've, I've checked that out a couple times. It's kind of fun. Play some old ditties and people ask him questions that he tries to get to. And he's actually getting over the flu, not related to uh, this COVID-19 thing. But uh, yeah, him hacking up a lung after every song. It's like, bro, are you sure that's not Corona? But he's, he's fine. <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys see that the other thing that was streaming yesterday? I missed it because I didn't get the notifications was... Uh, the uh, 95 uh, game five of the ALDS was on MLB network last night. No. Yes. Oh. I, I got, I got, the, I saw someone post it today. I saw their post from yesterday today and I missed it. I would have, I would have uh, liked to sit down and watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well we, ex- we experienced that. Yeah. We, we had better seats. Yeah. We <laughs> barely, barely. Uh, did, did we? Yeah, I know that's true. We were in the building, but uh, you know, every time, the, every time that ball uh, shot up into uh, right field, and you're like, "Is it? Is it an out? Is it a home run? We don't know." We I was know. just about to mention that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But good memories, man. A lot of pins and needles every time it would get hit into right field because we were sitting in right center field, and um, you'd see Jay Buner disappear, and you're like, "Oh." crap and then when people started cheering you're like oh thank goodness he got the ball yeah so you said lots of pins pins and needles let's be real here though like anytime you watch a mariners game it's pins and needles and usually not in a good way not these days it's all needles yeah, these days. <laughs> yeah it's all needles usually right in your eye right yeah well, that's just walking to the stadium <laughs> that's a fact unfortunately yeah so my T-shirt, I am wearing. Um, I'm being that guy as well. I'm wearing my Pearl Jam Jeremy shirt. My uh, choices: nine nine out of ten kids prefer crayons over guns. Crayons. So yeah, it's a good one. That that is your second of of those shirts, right? It's actually the third of. Is it those the third shirts. now? Wow. It's the, it's the third one that I bought because uh, the first one I bought got stolen at college the second one i bought uh was a large and i kind of outgrew it and so it it was it it disappeared in the great t-shirt purge of 2003 that we've talked about a few times on the podcast so actually so this is the third one so actually, I don't know. I don't know which which shirt it would have been then, because I definitely had a Pearl Jam Choices T-shirt that was yours. So one uh, of those, one of those two. Uh, possibly the stolen. I wore a lot. Possibly the stolen from God. Well, so you, uh, okay, did I I'll, leave it? Did I leave it? I'm. I you. I think. I think you left it because I'll. I'll level with you, buddy. Like, for those of you who don't know, I'm 11 years younger than my brother. So about the time he was outgrowing some of his t-shirts, like said Pearl Jam shirt, I was in high school and in college, and I definitely fit that shirt. So I wore the the okay. snot out of that thing, and it was already kind of a beat up shirt, but that made it way cooler because it's Pearl Jam and it's 
they're grunge and this is a grunge t-shirt like you want holes in it you know so i wore that for a long time until i eventually outgrew it myself so oops oh wait 11 years younger is that is is that why we used to call you oops (laughs) <laughs> except i was planned suckers that's what you like to believe oh, okay. and you yeah. know why you were planned, <laughs> jokes right? on them you know why you were planned right to give you help was a disappointment <laughs> <laughs> yes wayne <laughs> that, no mom mom and dad realized you know what melinda and ben are going to be leaving the roof soon uh who's <laughs> Who's go? Who's oh going to do God. all the chores? Who's going to cut all the wood and feed all the damn okay, chickens? Okay, so so I I feel like there's a mom and a dad version to this story, and the mom version is definitely, um, you know, you guys babysat Adam Teagues, and I mom told me, yeah. you know, after they were no longer, you guys were no longer babysitting him. It was kind of like, oh, we want another little one around the house. So like, that's. I, I bet you 110% that's exactly what mom is thinking. But the chores thing, I bet you somewhere in the back of dad's head, he was thinking that. So that's totally why dad was on board. Y- yeah. With it. <laughs> it's like, well, in the olden days on the farm, we needed more young kids. Yeah. <laughs> so you're welcome, dad. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's throw out a couple things. So we're recording this on March 21st. We found out today that uh, the gambler Kenny Rogers passed away. Uh, <laughs> you knew when to fold them. Yeah. So <laughs> you guys, Kenny Rogers fans, because I I will I will freely admit yeah. that I'm I'm kind of a passive Kenny Rogers fan. I never had any in the collection. Um, didn't mind a few of the songs, but loved it. Loved his chicken. I was a big fan of the rotisserie chicken. Kenny Rogers roasters in Idaho falls was sort of, uh, when we were early married back in 94, that was our, the, I felt like we were doing well when we got a night out there <laughs> that was going to, that was going to a restaurant. And, and of course the whole time you were driving there, you were making, it's the wood that makes it good jokes with Christy. <laughs> right. Oh, oh man. Uh, I, I know you too well, Jeff. I know yeah. that there were, there were plenty of those Beavis and butthead jokes that were going on. about. Especially it. in 94, man. That's uh, I was very young and immature. Unlike now. That was, that was Pete Cornholio years. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of like you though. I'm a, I, I'm a little more of a passive Kenny Rogers fan. I, I like him when I hear him. I don't really seek it out that much, but uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, he saw what's going on in the world. He's like, I'm out. This is uh yeah, it's not going to get any better. I'm folding. Yeah, I'm folding. I'm knowing when to walk away and when to run. I would just like to point out that this is the second uh, podcast episode that has mentioned Kenny Rogers <laughs> roasters, and I'm very happy about that. So good job, Jeff. It is. It is, and and uh, yeah, you were on both of them. <laughs> yeah. What 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 was the other one that came up? So the uh, the dad songs episode. So one of the songs I chose was the gambler, and kind of just like what you know, just echoing what you and Ben said. You know, I'm kind of a a passive Kenny Rogers <laughs> listener. You know, if it comes on the radio, I'm probably not turning it away somehow. But uh, you know. 
my I, Benj and I have, and, and especially Benj, um, since this is your podcast after all, we've we've definitely ranked on on uh, Dad's musical choices a lot. But you know, the Kenny Rogers was was okay. You know, like when that came on the radio, I I didn't want to run over and change the channel. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I've made. Made, I've made fun of Dad's music <laughs> collection quite quite a bit on this podcast. People have asked me, they're like, "Oh, you you must have been heavily influenced by yeah. your parents' uh, musical choices, right?" And I'm like, uh, "No, no. <laughs> no not, not at all." In in fact, uh, I was just alphabetizing my CDs. This is what I've been doing during the the, the quarantine uh, is is alphabetizing my records and and my CDs. I just finished last night and so i have only two from dad's collection that i have in my collection so carol carol king's tapestry is in is in the collection which uh wayne and i are doing a episode on that in what two weeks nice that's right yeah yeah um and the other one is a a live concert of paul mccartney oh yeah i remember yeah, I, actually, I was lis- I, I was listening to one of your episodes, and and you were like, somebody must have left that behind. No, Dad actually bought that. Um, yeah, I, which I'm really shocked yeah, at because like, that seems like I left it in. Somebody left it in the truck. No, he he bought it. I was I was surprised when when he bought. Well, I should say this. At first, I was surprised, and then I really thought about it, and then it's like, well. You know, of of any Beatle that Dad would would listen to, it's going to be Paul. You know, um, well, it's not going to be John. It's definitely not going to be John. And he, George is a little weird. John. And well, there's Ringo, uh, but like it's going to be Paul. And and uh, you know, how many of his songs between the Beatles and Wings and and solo stuff ended up on the soft rock stations that Dad listened to? Right, so dad, right. dad probably saw that and was like, oh, I like Paul McCartney and then turned it over and, you know, could rattle off a bunch of songs that he liked and went ahead and bought it. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I was surprised at first, but then I kind of, like I said, I thought about it and it's like, you know what, there's going to be songs on here that dad really, really likes. So I'm, pr- yeah. I'm pretty sure that I heard dad say on more than one occasion, something to the effect of. John's uh, a communist. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. as as somebody that went through all of his formative years as the uh, Cold War was starting and basically his whole entire adult life up until he became an old man. Yeah, like anybody that uh, you don't like, you call them a communist. So there you go. Yeah. And it's yeah. back in vogue now. <laughs> That's, uh, we've yeah, before, right? I know. It's weird. All the All the old people are bringing it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so also today, March twenty first, I'll give a shout out to today's my son's twenty first birthday. Um, nice. Yeah, ho- horrible day to have it. Uh, it's on a Saturday too. It's such nonsense, man. Uh, but so shout yeah. out. Uh, give a quick shout out to Liam, twenty one today. Um, all three of my kids this year, oddly enough, uh, in in one year cycle, have their number the the number of their age matches the date of their birth. Like I had my my oh, eighteen wow. year old was in was on December eighteenth. Liam's twenty first is on 
uh, March 21st, and then my daughter will be 14 on September 14th. So I don't know how rare that is, but it's kind of crazy. I think that is. I think that's a sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> probably, probably. I ushered Great. it in. That's all we need is another sign. You know, if right. somebody was going to usher in the apocalypse, it was going to be Jeff Johnson. Let's be real here. There was a decent chance. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, buddy. Even money. Yeah. Did Dave, 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 have you ever answered the, yeah. uh, the all important, uh, Africa question? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> oh man, I'm actually so glad that you brought that up because, uh, I was, I was just loading up dad's old truck with some, uh, with some future firewood for the farm for mom. And, uh, I was getting something out of the, the back seat of the truck. And then I saw a CD that was down there. And of course it's, it's dad's old truck and one of dad's old CDs. So it was this, uh, the second CD of the greatest soft rock hits, uh, set that he bought because of course, and the third song on it is Africa. And I was just like, yes, it was meant to be. Um, so I think, I think I did. I can't remember if Benj asked me the question on the Weezer episode, um, which was about a year ago, and that's the last time I've been on. Has it been that long? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, yeah. huh? Um, Sorry, dude. No, it's, it's it's okay. Like, you 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 guys get a lot of cool people on here, so, like, I'm happy just listening because, you know, I can, if I'm stuck in traffic on the way up to Seattle, either to visit my girlfriend or go to a Sounders match or something. I sometimes turn you guys on. So it's cool. Um, but anyways, getting back to your question, uh, I, I vote yes on, on Africa. And I can't remember if, uh, if I did answer that question on the Weezer episode or not, which would have been fitting I've since been, they I've covered been, the song. I, you know. Oh yeah. You, that would make sense that you got asked on there. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're ready to retire it. I think I, um, we got to get Lukather on. I know. Still got to get Lukather to come come on. I, I threw this out to um, a recent guest. I'm like, uh, what should we ask instead? And and he said, how about a uh, favorite song off the Grease soundtrack? Oh. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, that, that was kind of my take. As well. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a feeling something will pop up. Something well, Something yeah. will come up. I, I I did hear you guys say on a on a recent episode uh, sailing, um, <laughs> which uh, uh, yeah I'm I'm gonna Wayne I, I'm gonna guess you are not a fan of that song. Oh no, he makes fun I, of yeah. me all the time for I, Christopher. I Cross. am not. Um, here's here's where I'm going to jump ship from Benj's boat, and uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna get off the yacht, as it were, and I'm gonna join Wayne in the dinghy on the no sailing. Thank you. You're not gonna sail with me. No, no. But it takes you away <sighs> to, to where, to where you I'm feel going. Beautiful. Yeah. Are you saying that Christopher Cross will make you jump, jump? <laughs> I'm putting my clothes on backwards right now. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm wearing shorts right now. I can make this happen very quickly, boys. Wiggity wick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the crap they say. I don't wiggity 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 wet. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, those were those were good times way back in the early nineties. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what else should I be asking? 
I don't know. It's a good question. Um, it's a good feedback question from y'all. I, I'm trying to. I, I'll try. I'll. I'll try and think about something. Uh, since I came up with the timeless, the timeless Africa. Uh, oh, jab. You. 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 Yeah, I guess you need to take credit for that, right? I. I. I did start it. I mean, you Wayne did. started it by bad mouthing Africa on an episode I was listening to. But um, yeah, what a horrible person. It was one of those. It was one of those things where I'm listening to it and I'm like, I didn't know that there were anybody who didn't like this song. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll I, yeah. yeah apparently, it's a small it. group, but it is a small group. One. I think I have been proved. I, I think it's exclu- I, it's I like. Hard. I prefer exclusive. That's the word. Yeah, I, yeah. I think Dave had it right when he described it as a dinghy. That he was jumping <laughs> in the dinghy with you. <laughs> so 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 I'll give you I'll, I'll give you the the most recent stats. So we are at uh, in favor thirty six fourteen. Knows and I, you know what I, I I gave Matthew Ryan his own column. I, I he's got to be in the no column. Yeah, just give it to Absolutely. him. He needs he's to heard the song. Phone, he man. refuses to answer the question. <laughs> right? Maybe he just right. didn't want to hurt your feelings, Bench. Oh no, Matthew Ryan is not a guy who is afraid of hurting people's feelings. <laughs> that is not it. No, no, no. Can rule that out right away. Yeah, that's not it. No, he just he just chose to do the Ayn Rand thing on it. Yeah. And uh really when you do the Ayn Rand thing, you're you're in the negative. You're you're trying to be a nonconformist. So yeah. that's that's a no. Hey, I got a question for you guys. Uh there's a, a new documentary on Netflix about ZZ Top. You guys watch that yet? Oh, not yet, nope. but I've been meaning to. Okay. I've, yeah, I'm I'll I'll yet. probably check it out. I plan on finishing the rest of the internet sometime during this quarantine though. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. What, what should I be watching right now? Cause I'm, I'm between shows and I've been, I've been watching. So I'm in season three of the crown with the misses and we've been watching, I think we're in season five, close to season six of the good wife, which is actually really good. I, I, didn't watch it when it was on originally, but um, really, really good show. But we're going to be done with those soon. What what should I be watching? Uh, McMillions. I don't know if you have HBO. Oh yeah, that, I haven't finished that, that yet. But that is a, that's, that's really last. There's uh, it, it's they've got I a couple of characters that. on there that feel like they were they were cast rather than in a documentary, including the FBI agent. He's kind of he's kind of my. <laughs> Uh, my inspiration for life right now. That guy is just full of energy and uh, yeah. vigor. Uh, that's good. Um, I I like uh, it's a it's a real short series, but when they see us is pretty great on Netflix. Um, uh, that's about the Central Park Five. Um, that's not a documentary. That's mm-hmm. a you know, a, Ava DuVernay did a uh, four or five part. Um, you know, What's it called? Se- it's called When They See Us. And it's really really good. That's that's good. Um, I'm trying to think of other on Netflix. You have Netflix. You have Hulu. Yeah, I got both of those. You watch Mrs. Maisel <laughs> and Amazon. Oh no, that's oh that's yeah. You should and it, everybody should. That show was incredible. Mrs. Maisel's okay. a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, that's a really really well done. Super funny. Also Fleabag, but that might be a little much for you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched the second season, but I, I love the first one. I tried the first episode and got about 20 minutes into it. And I'm like, nah, I love my, it. Not my jam. Love it. Yeah. Okay. I really enjoyed it. 
All right. On uh, YouTube, um, SB Nation is going to put out, I think it's a six-part deep dive into the history of the Seattle Mariners, um, which I don't know if you guys have ever watched any SB Nation's you know, videos on sports, but like they're, they're kind of fun little watches, but this guy, John Boyce, when he ever does a video, it's like, it's a deep, deep, deep dive. And so he, he tends to look at things that are just ridiculous. And so he's like, you know, at first I thought it was weird. Like maybe are they doing a series on the Mariners and then they're going to do every baseball team. And like, no, it's just the Mariners. He's basically like, this is one of the most, ridiculous and interesting franchises that's ever existed. So we're going to do a six part series. Um, okay. So whether you're a Mariners fan or just a baseball or sports fan or just like ridiculousness, um, there you go. Well, we've, we've uh, dealt with a lot of ridiculousness over 40 years of Seattle Mariners baseball. So you guys, you guys saw the meme that someone posted about, uh, you know, you you all doomsday preppers have Walmart shelves looking like the Mariners trophy case. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. brutal, brutal. Ouch. Honest, honest. It is um, honest. Uh, another one. Have you watched Atypical Ben on Netflix? Uh, yes, I watched yeah. the first season. Um, that is my life, uh, except for the cheating wife. Uh huh. Okay. As far as you know, it's uh, yeah, as far, like as, far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we. we like that show a lot. That's, that, that, that's a favorite. Always got to go dark, man. Always got to go dark. <laughs> so I sit here waiting for my spots. Sit here picking my spots. That was like the time that I went in. I went into the doctor's office with a like a bladder or urinary tract infection or something, and the doctor uh, he was like, um, "How many sexual partners do you have?" And I'm like, "One for a long time." Um, and he goes, what about your wife? Does she does she cheat? And I'm like, nope. And he goes, are you sure? And I said, nope. And he goes, are you sure? And I was like, well, I was until you keep asking. <laughs> like he was, he just wouldn't let up on it. And I'm like, I think so. I have no reason to think otherwise until you started asking in that weird tone. He clearly does. So, so the family was it the family doctor? Know. Yeah. <laughs> does it he was know not. her? It was just it was just my doctor at the time. So. Yeah, there's uh, there's other parts of that story that uh, are worse uh, at this point. That I won't share um, about a giant Q-tip and where it went. Uh. <laughs> yeah, abrasive is what I would say. That's abrasive. Oh, it's horrible. He did tell me he goes yeah. he goes now if you were a frat boy um, and I thought you were sleeping around all the time I usually give the Q tip just a little quarter twist just to you know kind of seal that thing in their mind of like maybe you should slow <laughs> down he goes I won't awesome. do that with you I was like thank you <laughs> thank you so much wow it's still awful good, awful, good thing you're awful. Not a frat boy yeah. no I am not I am not a frat boy this is the best podcast ever now <laughs> yeah yeah. We and we knew that we were doing this on short notice, so we, yeah, you know, we did a group, we did a group chat, and we're like, this is either going to be the best episode of the podcast ever, or it's just going to be a complete <laughs> crap show. And <laughs> and I think all of you said it's going to be a crap show. So thank you for the faith in uh, one another. Appreciate Let's get that. this party started. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk Pearl Jam Vitology. And who who picked this one? Me. I think Dave Dave did. Yeah. Dave did. Dave did. But we're all we're all Pearl Jam fans. So 
we're we're good with that. So let me let me see if you guys know one another well enough. Since I know everybody scores ahead of time, so I have to abstain from from this little contest. But let's see if you guys can predict what everybody else is going to pick for their number one song. So Wayne, what what will I pick for my number one song? Oof. Um I'm going to say spin the black circle. Okay. How about for Jeff? Ooh. Corduroy. And then for David? Hmm. Let's see. I'm going to I'm going to say corduroy also. Uh Jeff, what will I pick? Uh Oof, I think I'm going to go with uh, I think I'm going to go with Better Man for you. Okay. How about for Wayne? Wayne? Um, I, boy, I've got two that I'm not sure. I, I'm stuck between Satan's bed and not for you. But I'm going to go not for you. I'm going to go not for you. Okay. All right. And then for Dave? Um, hmm. I think I'll go corduroy. Uh, Dave. So what am I going to pick? Wow. Um, I, I, I think I'm going to echo Wayne with the, uh, spin the black circle because you're on a big vinyl kick at the moment. I think that's fitting. I, I am in a big vinyl kick lately. Um, how about for Wayne? Not for you. 100%. It's it's the song on the album that says "F you," so that's that's a, it's a Wayne song. <laughs> and then, how about for Jeff? Um, I could see. Um, hmm. I, I'm gonna go ahead and pick a uh, better man for for Jeff. And you're so, keeping track of these, right? Because I don't remember what I even I'm, said for everybody. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm keeping track. Did anybody right. get three right. out of three? The best that you guys did was Dave, you and Jeff both picked one person's top song. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Interesting. Actually, wait. Hold on a sec. Wayne, you... Did you say corduroy for Dave? Yeah. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who's got some bio info on uh, on Vitology? That's your job. When it was released. <laughs> Here's the thing, Vitology. That was that was '94. Um, this is their November '94 album. Yep. Yeah. November of '94, and it's late in '94 because it was actually recorded a lot earlier in '94, but. They just didn't get it out. There's so much. Uh, there's so much other nonsense. I say nonsense in hindsight, but uh, nonsense going on. I think at the time, uh, and by nonsense I mean stuff that sort of um, was tangential to what they were doing musically. It was so much uh, of the Ticketmaster battle at that point. It was, uh, you know, it was it was that. It was also like a lot of uh, band turmoil, uh, especially according to like Brendan O'Brien, um, in terms of the way that they were. That they were interacting, um, they weren't getting along uh, well, partly because of the Ticketmaster thing, and and most particularly, uh, you know, Dave. I, I'm terrible with his name, but Abruziz, I think the drummer, um, it was is not Abruziz, in favor of yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, them fighting that battle. Um, 
and Which would get uh, him this was his <laughs> consequently yeah this consequently got him kicked kicked, kicked out of the band. Things, this is also yeah, the he'd, well yeah 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 go ahead he, yeah he um this was his last last uh, album with them and he i don't think he actually did all of it i think uh i think jack irons jumped in on on one or two of the songs i thought I just saw one. It was one, and then the drum tech. One, yeah, it was one for Jack Irons, and then the drum tech did did one song. Right, which that one was more that that one was more that that Abruzzese was, I think, in the hospital uh, dealing with something. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. Yeah, in. yeah, he had tonsillitis or something like that. Right, right. Um, this was uh, you know, it's on Epic Records. This is also the point I think where Eddie sort of takes over in a great respect for the band. Um, in terms of, you know, I mean, obviously he's the front man in the Absolutely. first two albums, but the first album, you know, is him jumping into songs that were mostly already written, and he was responding to the demos. Um, you know, and then you know you get verses, and he's finding his way into it a little bit more. And then Vitology, he's actually playing guitar a little bit more and and doing some of the the actual writing that way. And I think he's making more of the decisions in terms of the producing and stuff now too. So that was a that's a big difference. Um, this one was to my chagrin at the time, uh, this was released on vinyl first and they made us wait two weeks, which at the time when you're waiting for a new Pearl Jam album, when, uh, that's the only t-shirt you wore every day to school, uh, <laughs> you know, for the CD, you had to wait two weeks to get the new Pearl Jam. So that was, it was actually irritating for me at the time. Uh, so did you even own a record player at that time? No, not not back then. And and to me, that's I yeah. hated Spin the Black Circle when it came out. If you'd have asked me to score these songs back then, Spin the Black Circle goes below the fo- b- below the filler and everything. That song annoyed me because I was like, "What's up?" You know, I, I get it, hipsters. You want us to listen to vinyl, but uh, putting this out two weeks before the CD and making the rest of us wait while a couple of our hipster buddies are like, "We got the record." Really annoyed the crap out of me, and then over time, I've become, and I'll talk about that more when we get to spin the black circle. So I've become a little bit more of a vinyl uh, person as well, for various reasons. But um, this is the um, the this is the second fastest uh, second fastest selling album um, in history, behind um, Versus in terms of it sold eight hundred and seventy seven thousand copies in its first week, um, and yeah. it's five times platinum. So it's a it was a huge album. They sold a lot of copies. Um, it's not considered their best record, at least in my opinion. So why am I not seeing when I go to thrift stores? Why am I not seeing copies of Vitology like I see copies of REM's Monster and Hootie and the Blowfish's Cracked Review? Well, it's not it's not consistent. It's not considered considered one of their best necessarily. Uh, it's not listed that way, and yet in hindsight, it's got five of their most classic songs on it. Mm. And and yeah, okay. Uh, you know, I mean, it is a pretty. It, it's it's not, some of the parts on it are a little wonky um, as an album and as a listen through. I think, um, but the there is some serious serious quality when you actually dive into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was listening to this the other day while I was taking a shower and uh I put on Corduroy <laughs> forget forgetting what was the the song afterwards. That was one of the shortest <laughs> showers that I've taken in a long time because I, get out I'm like, I got I got to get out so I can turn this damn song off. Uh, <laughs> anyways, 
should should we get to it? Should we? Well, Venge, we... I was gonna just say with with that, um, like why you don't see it. I I think a lot of it has to do with the collectability factor of like just look at the packaging. Yeah. Um, I I I do now own it on on vinyl, but you know that that CD when it finally came out, you know it it cost the band an extra fifty cents per package um, to put out that record. Um, you know, the record labels like this is coming out of your cut and they're like, that's fine. And so, you know, here's this book. And I, you know, I remember buying it when I was 15, um, which I was, was telling my brother earlier in the week that, uh, you know, I bought Nirvana's unplugged and Pearl jams Vitology. That, that was my first CD purchase ever, uh, were those two. And, and, you know, I remember, you know, sitting in my room at 15 and just like flipping through the pages and, you know, half of them are, are lyrics and the other half are just weird things that are included, you know, like there's no lyrics for corduroy. It's literally Eddie Vedder's x-rays for his teeth, you know, and then there's, there's pictures from this old health book, you know, that was super duper outdated, which was, you know, there's some hilarious stuff in there. And, um, you know, I think there was a couple poems, you know, that had nothing to do with the, the songs. Um, you know, it was, it's, a, it's a really cool pickup, you know, to, to have in your collection. And I, I think that has a lot to do with it of like why you don't see this. Um, and, and actually one, one thing that you haven't mentioned yet here, Bench, and I can't, and, and I don't remember which list that you use, but. I did notice that this actually made the Rolling Stone top 500. See, if I would have done more research, yeah, if we'd have had more time. Uh, well, you did, you you did spring this on us, but yeah, no, it's like. So, do you guys use the 03 list or the 2012 list? The 2012. So it was 485. It just barely cracked the the top 500, um, but it actually went up a few spots. It was 492 in 03. Um, how so many, like, I, the, I definitely agree with how many of their albums are on the top 500. I, I didn't look, I, I would imagine, I mean, 10 obviously has to be on there somewhere. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if verses showed up and then I wouldn't be shocked if it was just those three, but yeah, I, I threw, I just, I jotted that down real quick just because I, I, I think in retrospect, when I look back now, I love this album. I absolutely love this album. It's a huge part of, of, you know, my, my high school years. I listened to this thing nonstop. Um, but kind of in retrospect, if this didn't make the top 500, I'd, I would be like, okay, that's fine. Um, if you left, if you left 10 out of the top 500, I'd, I'd fight somebody on the street, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the um, the interesting thing I think about this album overall with with Pearl Jam is I think that this is the very clear delineation of this is the point in time where they could have broken up. Um, I think you mm-hmm. can kind of hear it in the album a little bit. I think there's a little bit of chaos in the album, which in some ways plays nicely. Um, I think this is an attempt at being sort of a little bit more of a punk, you know, kind of aesthetic. Like we're going to do whatever we want on individual tracks and we don't care. And it's not about sequencing and it's not about whatever. And yet, ironically to me, they have some of their most enduring, maybe poppy ballad kind of 
songs on this album as well that that are still staples at their live shows um but i think that this is the line of demarcation for them of instead of breaking up as a band they they booted abraziz and 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 probably this is their toughest point as a band uh, and once they made it through this, I think they're the kind of band that will probably, they'll probably just play together for just about forever. They'll take huge hiatuses, but never really break up. And, and they made it through whatever that tumultuous time is that a lot of bands just go F you guys. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, yeah I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. I, they're, they're brothers at this point, you know, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I, and, and to me, speaking of like lines of, you know, delineation of, you know, um, to me, Vitology is kind of at the end of this moment where it just felt like Pearl Jam could do no wrong. You know, like, let's really think about it. Like they have a song on a benefit CD that was a a big radio hit and crazy Mary. One of their best songs ever was a freaking B side to Jeremy in yellow Ledbetter. you know? And then of course you have, multiple multiple singles that come off the first two albums um that were big radio hits you know same thing here playing with neil young yeah and then i was just about to say like and then you know just like two months after this album comes out they go into the record studio with neil young and then of course the you know epic got all butthurt over eddie's two tracks where he's singing lead vocals and so they put out merkin ball and then i got it became a hit and then, you know, Mike McCready, like, he's going through his own stuff at this time, too. He goes to rehab and meets a musician in rehab, grabs Lane Staley and forms Mad Season. And they have two hits off of that, off of that CD. And it was just like, do these guys just, like, wake up pissing excellence? Like, what's going on right now? Like, um, but, you know, once kind of No Code came out, you know, there's there's some cool songs on No Code and and I liked it, and, but I kind of remember, you know, being so excited to save up the the seventeen or eighteen dollars to get it at the at the store, and you know, having to drive the thirty minutes into Olympia to go get it um, from the farm, and and you know, getting back to the farm and listening to it, and being like, this is this is okay, I guess, you know, like it just it's a good album, it really is, but. Um, but man, like their first three albums and like everything else that they did for like a five year period was just untouchable. You know, I, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I think this is when they, I think this is when they stopped being so much of an album oriented band, um, and a radio play band. Um, I think sometime after that, they just put together songs that they knew were going to be great for live and became a concert band in a lot of ways because there's stuff all over mm-hmm. no code yield, uh, by Norrell. There's so many great songs that come after this, but they weren't, they don't really have a feel of like, you know, an album band oriented towards let's get a radio hit and go. Um, they just mm-hmm. like, here's the music we've been writing. We're going to put it together as a collection on an album. And you're going to hear a lot of these songs uh, live now. And that, and it takes on its life, which, which is something that I would, you know, say is also, you know, akin to one of my other favorite bands in Wilco is that they just kind of put out whatever they've been working on. And here's the songs you're probably going to hear in concert moving forward. And that's kind of been what it's been with them. I agree. Well, let's get to it. So as a reminder, our scoring is based on number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this record? 14. Which means top song gets 14 points. Next favorite, 13 on Dandelow, a score of one. Here we go. 
last exit. this is a great song to start with because i love that little like warm-up vamp thing that happens for a few for you know 10 12 seconds at the beginning and then it just straight up rock very you know very aggressive very punk rock because i didn't get into Vi- i didn't even really hear much from vitology except the radio stuff because i had a in 1994 i had i switched from from more hard rock towards alternative. And so they got played still on alternative, but not nearly as much as, you know, Oasis and Bush and uh, old bands like The Cure got a lot more on that. This was this was actually the first time I, I sat down and listened to the whole record was this last couple of days. And uh, this this song, I'm going to say, I don't have a lot uh, of time to, to, to figure out, but the way it's the way it feels and the reference to three days all the time kept reminding me of uh, when I quit when I quit smoking in the '90s. How they would say that it takes 72 hours for nicotine to get out of your system, which and then they compare nicotine to heroin, which there's a that's a that was a Seattle thing in 1990. And then the frenetic nature of it does always it reminded me of that jonesing for a cigarette. So I don't know if this is about getting off drugs or, uh, but. It definitely, it definitely made me think of that. Okay, Jeff, what do you got on Last Exit? Anything? Um, I think it's a pretty good start to the album. It's a good high energy. It's not super polished and overproduced, which uh, is kind of indicative. I think what they're doing. So, um, I like the 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 shedding your skin, put the past behind you kind of imagery that they've got going on with that. So, yeah. Well. Cool. Y- and you said it's not super over polished, which I think is Wayne to your point of this feels like a punk rock song, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's rough and aggressive. Yeah. And I think that that's what they were kind of going for. Then it's like, yep. Uh, if you're thinking that this is more of the, cause I, I feel like versus was, a, was a little overproduced as you compare it to, um, to 10, and so I, I think they're kind of going back a little bit to the roots. Hard for me to say that you're going back to the roots when Brendan O'Brien is still your producer, though, right? Right. And it's only your third yeah. album. Yeah. 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 So, but it makes sense. All right. Let's get some scores. So I didn't say anything yet. <laughs> well, look, we we don't want a four hour marathon of I know. So we're I'm not going to have all of you speak about every single dang song. Wow. So yeah, I'm all just right, going to uh, go back to eating I this carrot that. over here. It's it's, yeah. it's clear whose podcast this is. I yeah. would say, Dave. I'm just going to. 
I love you, man. I'm pulling Big Brother status on you. <laughs> so there you go, man. Uh, my whole life story. <laughs> Ten. Jeff is a nine. Dave. Ten. Perfect. All right, next song. Wait, what was your score? Been? Yeah. What was your score? <laughs> I said. I said initially. I said six. This is my six. Uh. <laughs> spin, spin the black circle. Here you go. And who who said that this was going to be my top top song? David, that was I me. Think. Yeah, yeah, you both are wrong. Um, <laughs> this this was the first single. Uh, yes, I think Dave, Dave, you you already spoke about it, or was it Jeff? Jeff, it Jeff spoke yeah. about about how you hated this song because they um yeah they made they made you wait. the The song peaked at number eleven on the Modern Rocks chart. And 18 on the Billboard Hot 100, which is kind of weird because I don't, I don't know if I remember hearing this I, on mainstream. I did not. I don't remember hearing this on the radio either of the the you know the hard rock or the alternative station. They did, and which Better Man was on the radio all the time, and I don't even think it was a single. I lived in Rexburg. Uh, I didn't hear this song because I didn't have the internet. So it was whatever was playing on the radio stations in Rexburg. There was no yeah, way. You were hearing Jewel at yeah. this time. Uh, yeah. So um, I heard this on my stereo Ace two weeks later. Ace of Bass. This was Ace of Bass time, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I hated um, this song. Tail end. Like a, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I hated this song when it came out because it just made me angry. But um, I've actually – it's grown on me a lot over time. And I think that Pearl Jam – I think that they have a lot to do with where vinyl is at today. I really, I don't know what, uh, you know, what people have written about resurgence of vinyl or not, but I think that Pearl Jam was such a big, big proponent of it and made sure that all their releases were, you know, released on vinyl. Um, and I, since, you know, the number of years ago, I started getting to the point with music where it was so disposable and you would just, you know, you would download stuff and you download more than you could even listen to. And mm-hmm. I just lost that whole going into a store and buying the, 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 you know, the CD and opening the box and looking at the liner notes and stuff. And so I, I finally just, I, I bought a turntable and started buying everything in vinyl because it made it more, a little more tactile again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because I didn't know the backstory of them releasing this on vinyl two weeks before the CD release. Cause there's a couple songs on this record where I, I, my initial thoughts were you put this on the CD because you have 70 minutes of CD space to put on this crap that would normally be like a B side. And so it's interesting that, that they, they wanted to have all of these songs on the vinyl. So Throw yeah. that, throw that idea completely at the door of, of you put stupid mop and bugs on this record because <laughs> you could. So it's not even the end of it. There's still two more. Like I say, I do blame the CD for 14 songs because nobody. This is clearly would have been a great, an even tighter 10 song record. 
we're yeah. getting ahead of ourselves. I, I, the yeah, thing I yeah. love about this song is the energy. Like it is that there, it's not musically or even kind of the way structurally great, perfect. It has flaws, I guess, but the energy is, is amazing. And I do, I love that concept of comparing a love of music or even more specifically vinyl records to it, to the other Seattle addiction of heroin, the way they, 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 they enter, they put those, those references in there, or the way they, they phrase things to, to give it that same. Cause I know I've known Ben, I've known you over 30 years and I know your addiction to music. And I know mine at, there was a time, especially in 1994, exact. I didn't have a lot of disposable income, but I was finding it in order to buy CDs and to have a Rolling Stones subscription and to keep, you know, to just keep feeding this addiction. So the, the, that whole thing is why I have a very high score for this because of that. The language is very loving, which is what I like. It's such a loving ode to the to the uh, process of putting an album on a turntable. Table, and that passion is what I kind of respect about this song. In hindsight, um, like you say, I don't know musically. It's it's whatever, but it's so energetic and so passionate about what it's describing. That's this, you know, it's cool. Yeah, and Jeff, how many times have you seen Pearl Jam live? Uh, a lot, uh, 10, 11, 12, something like that. Okay. Oh, wow. I've only seen them twice, but <clears throat> how great is this song live? It's great. It's really yeah. great live. Great energy on this. And I, I don't know if you guys have heard, but like the the original demo that Gossard had written for the the riff was much slower, and so Eddie had sped it up and was like, "Can you play it like this?" And so uh, when they play it live, um, it, it's it's never the first song in the set sort of thing like they kind of have to be warmed up in order to to play that riff at such a frantic pace so yeah. kind of a cool cool story behind the the making of the song cool all right let's get some scores this is my nine wayne 13 Ooh. jeff uh eight and then dave i'm also an eight all right cool next song not for you say this was going to be Wayne's top top song? I think that's what I said. Yeah, I think that's my and choice for it. I, I definitely said this. I thought this would be Wayne's favorite. So, Wayne, do you want to disappoint uh, him? No. It, uh, I, yeah, I hate to disappoint him. I, I can absolutely <laughs> see why they would you say that. You disappoint me all the time, Wayne. I, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, and, I, and this, this time, with unlike those other times, I'm sorry about it. That's all <laughs> well it's kind of funny this week so this week we put out our poison episode and a couple people who have been listening to our our podcast um texted me or or messaged me and said so 
I don't know if I like angry Wayne as much as I like drunk Wayne. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they were a little so, disappointed. Well, in luckily Wayne it's week. never the same. That's, that's the, that's the nice thing about me that it's never that you're never going to get those two guys together. That's, that's the one it's, saving you grace. You never I know have. what Wayne you're going to get. Well, that's not true. That, that thing was a pile of shit and it deserved every <laughs> bit of it. <laughs> I, I haven't listened to it yet. I'll, now I'm definitely, I'll, that'll be on my list for this week. Although I'm not commuting anymore. And that's usually when I listen to right, podcasts. Right. So. Um, I love this, this, I love the rage against the dying of his private life in this song. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love the, it's just so animal and ferocious of like, you know, this is not for you. Fuck you. You know what I mean? And that that visceral thing. And I remember the I remember again, it was the third song I'd heard on the album, uh, put it on front to back, and that rage you could feel the first time you listen to that song. It's raw, it's emotional. Um, you know, and it's very much you can feel what it is that he's experiencing with this of like, I still need to be a person uh on top of being a rock star. Not all of the things about my life are, are for your consumption, yeah. uh, whether it's the media or fans or whatever. And I still have things that are mine. And I think it's really, it's an important line that you would have to draw if you were famous like that. Uh, and I, I also really love the chaotic kind of clanging, chiming out at the end too. I think it's really beautiful, but sort of unsettled, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the first time I ever heard this song, Saturday night live. Really? Ooh. Yeah. You didn't have the album yet? I, you didn't have the I didn't album have the album yet. I never bought this album. Wow. Oh. What? I never bought this album. I don't know why. I just didn't I just didn't buy this album. So huh. yeah. I like I said earlier, I I bought it on C D and then years later got it on vinyl, but um I so when it came out, I had just moved from Tacoma to our farm in Tenino and and uh, made made friends with a lot of the other band geeks. And so I, I got a shout out to Susie Fry, who I haven't seen in years, but she actually like put this on a tape for me, and I listened to the snot out of this this record for basically all of high school. And and for me, like this song also stuck out. Um, it's kind of like a youth anthem, you know, sort of thing. Cause he, you know, said in the song, all that sacred comes from youth and then with no power and nothing to do. And like, I was a freshman in high school when this came out. And so like sometimes on the farm, I had nothing to do because I lived in the middle of nowhere now. And, you know, I, I love living on the farm. Don't get me wrong, but you know, there are definitely times when you're a teenage boy and you're like, I just want to, go somewhere you know like i couldn't walk around the mall even you know because it was a 30 minute drive away and i didn't have my my license you know so um those are things i always think about with this record and specifically this song yeah you can only throw around so many hay bills at 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 a time right (laughs) yeah and we didn't have chickens at the time either so i couldn't like just kick them for fun or anything so Hey, you're gonna get us in trouble with PETA. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if any of you all listening to this have, have you know or heard my brother and I take digs at our dad's chickens, you you would understand. <laughs> like we we hated those things. Absolutely, they were annoying. So Jeff, what do you got? Anyways, um, hey, hey, actually, hey, one one more thing I discovered last night. Speaking of annoying and things I want to kick, um. 
I I found out that this song was covered by a band called Zug Island, which is essentially a juggalo band. Um, And and I yeah, I listened to it and like the musicians were decent, but like their lead singer definitely sounded like somebody at the karaoke bar that thought he was a a rock star. So this um, is not this is not for them. No, this was definitely not for them. Yeah, and they also like I was it was hard to like try to listen to it um because they actually changed the first line to uh instead of restless soul enjoy your youth, they changed it to juggalo no. enjoy your youth. Oh. Yeah. And I about vomited in my mouth. They should be punched. They they need to be punched very hard. I think it needs to go beyond punching. We're going to punch them straight in the potato balls. <laughs> Usually I'll throw on covers on the social media. That will not be making it on the social media. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Everybody don't look it up. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is my 12. Wayne. 11. Jeff. Uh, 12. Uh, I think back when this came out, this would have been my number one, but I've mellowed. Uh, so and you're no I'm longer not, a I'm youth. Not- I'm not a youth, and so my perspective has changed. But I think when this came out, what was the name of that that place in Rexburg? That not Retrix, but there was another little dance kind of club that we would go to and and mosh. Oh, do you remember? Uh, you remember it was like that right in downtown, yes. like in I don't remember what it was called, but we'd go and mosh and just you know that's what this was. This was that song in '94. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. All right, Dave. I'm an 11. Okay. Next song is... What What was Wayne's? 11 also. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wasn't his top score. Sorry, guys. Not his top score. No. All right. I'm sad. Next song is Tremor Christ. This was the B side of Spin the Black Circle. Um, Jeff, you 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 seen this live? Yeah, I've seen this live several times. Really, it's several good, times because they don't they don't play it that often these days. Yeah, but they they used to play it quite a bit more. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's I've seen this live, and it's it's one of those ones that's kind of like a a, a more hardcore fan favorite. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they really get jacked up when it's being played. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's not really, uh, I'm not a huge, huge fan of it. Um, it's, I, I, I like it. It's a good song, but it's not among my favorites. Um, it's got, it's got kind of a weird unsettling quality. Uh, it's an interesting groove. Um, it seems to be, uh, about, uh, you know, infidelity, you know, like a, a mistake, a quick mistake and the damage that that leaves and then all the regret and pain and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't have any idea what the lyrics mean. 
They're extremely poetic, though. I couldn't. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I I didn't. I think I wrote. I could never quite figure out what he was talking about, but I felt like it came from an atheist for some reason. I don't know. But uh, lyrically, it's very. It starts, especially the way it starts, very poetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of you know religious imagery in there, and growing up in our home, that was definitely something I picked up on, and. Um, I think my favorite part about this song is uh, Jeff Amon's bass. Like mm-hmm. it's so so killer in this track. Yeah, it's good. Well, and that that military snare drum that's in the background gives it this gives it a really uh, dark, like a really cool feel. But I didn't like that the strumming on the guitar. Aggressive, just too much, too much. Okay. Anything else on this? Nope. I I don't know, man. Like uh, for me, uh, when I think to this song, I think this song more than all of the others. I definitely think about working around the farm and listening to this album on my Walkman. Like I I hit rewind a ton of times to listen to the song over and over again. Um, definitely one of my favorites as a 15 year old and, and also now gotcha. do you think any of that was uh did you feel like oh here we it go was sort of what, what's wrong did no, you did you feel like no no i'm saying did you feel like any of it was it's almost like like the fu in the other song did, as a kid did you feel like it was sort of uh maybe rebellious or whatever to like it uh because of the name or any of that sort of stuff did that jump out you think um yeah you know probably a little bit um Probably a little bit. Um, I, to be like super honest, like the thing that's always just grabbed me with this song then and now is the bass part. This is, I, I don't know if you guys remembered, um, like, you know, those old Walkmans or other things, they would have this little, little switch you could flip and it'd say bass boost on it. This is definitely one of those, <laughs> you know, songs where I'm like, oh, I'm going to hit the bass boost. And, you know, and you can just hear that just awesome, awesome bass line uh, throughout this whole song. But, um, you know, I, I for me too, also just like the dynamics of the song and, and, and yeah, to be like you said, Jeff, I, I think there is some of that too of like, Oh, tremor Christ, you know, like, what does that mean? When you're 15, you kind of latch, especially, you know, when you grow up particularly religious. I mean, like I said, like even, um, not for you, the F you in that I'm, I'm going to a Mormon school at the time. And so you're just like, Oh boy, this one feels edgy. This one feels a little extra, you know, a little (laughs) extra aggressive, you know? And I I remember at that age, you kind of would, you know, dive into that. You would, you would hit that head on. So. I've actually only seen this twice live is what I'm seeing here. It's, it's not several times, but it's twice. Okay. So Yeah, they had to um, – th- it wasn't in the set when I saw them in Miami. But there were, there were two fans that were right in front of Eddie. One had Tremor written on his forehead. The guy next to him had Christ written on his forehead. And Eddie looked down and saw them, and he's like, well, it's going to be awkward if only you are walking around in public. And he's like, so you, so you guys, you guys want to hear Tremor Christ then, huh? And so they, they, they played it. So it wasn't supposed to be on the set, but um, yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah, cool. I got to hear it. So, anyways, here's my little seeing Eddie live, uh, Pearl Jam live uh, moment. All right, next song is Nothing Man. Did we do scores? 
Um, no, we did not. We did not. I don't think we did. No. Let's get some scores. Sorry. Are you getting thrown off because there's four of us? I. You know what? <laughs> it's a little awkward. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll admit that. Uh, we've only. Well, we've, we do a little we, awkward really well. We Would it be better if I put my pants back on? Would it be less? <laughs> it awkward? would be Is less that? awkward. Well, if he puts his pants on, then I'm gonna have to put. I'm gonna feel obligated to put mine on. So. <laughs> All right. This is my eleven. Wayne. Six. Jeff. Seven. Dave. Wow, uh, I'm a twelve. Yeah, you you put the base boost on that one. I put the base boost on. Right. Uh, I and I think I might even mentioned uh, later on. I, I I really struggled with this or another song being my second favorite on the album. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Next song, Nothing Man. didn't predict this but uh this is my this is my song this is really this this and this could be this could be probably in my top five all-time pearl jam songs as well it was in the contention it was in contention for mine and again you rushed us so hard on scoring yeah and researching this album that uh you know if i'd had more time this this might this might have gotten up there. It's it's <laughs> it's definitely beat out by a couple of other songs that I just consider to be pretty epic. But this is gorgeous. The imagery is really good. Uh, ideas like caught a bolt and bolt of lightning, curse the day, let it go. What a cool line that is, man. Yeah. Um, empty stairs from each corner of a shared prison cell as a metaphor for like a couple that's just not really connecting anymore. Yeah, pretty interesting. I I just love Eddie's vocals in this. I mean, when he's he's delivering that yeah. first verse where it's, you know, it's it's fairly monotone. It's it's a little bit subdued and then verse 2 where he just belts it out. Um dude, it just it, it gets me every time where uh, I I feel I feel the pain, but I also feel the resolve of the, the the female character in there who's like no i'm i'm done I'm gonna take the other side i'm i'm done with this shared prison cell so yeah there's a great quote from eddie about this song uh it, he said the idea is about if you love someone and they love you don't f it up uh because you are left with less than nothing and it was discussing his attitude towards his first wife he said but i just know that without her i'd be a kite without a string a nothing man which is pretty interesting wow. i mean that's a Again, good imagery. Yeah. So he was a kite without a string at some point. That's what he was. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Benj, you you totally stole what I was going to say. Like, I I kind of love the you know sort of monotone delivery in the first verse. Then in the chorus, that first chorus, there's a um, little bit of harmony in there, and then and then boom, that second verse. I I just I love songs with big dynamics like that, and and while they're not doing that so much instrumentally, he's doing it with his vocals. Um, yeah. Which is just fantastic. Yep. Um, so Wayne, you got much lower score than us. Yeah, this was one I've, I'm familiar with. Um, I've never, I mean, it's, it's classic Pearl Jam. I don't have any, I really don't have anything bad to say about it. Um, I think that it's suffered from, I, I, like I said, I didn't listen to this whole album in its entirety. And so these last couple of days, I, I found a lot of very hard, very, you know, throw, I mean, pr- almost like pre 10 days, like they, they came across like young men, you know, these kids starting a, a hard, you know, one of those Seattle punk slash hard, you know, hard rock bands. And so Trumper Christ didn't bring me a na- down enough from, from songs like not for you to get to a point where I, I, I fell in love with this song, but if I'd have had more time, it could have it could have came up. Yeah. Not not judging you. Oh, that's there's no way that's true. No, I'm not. No, <laughs> no judgment. No, this one time way. Now if no judgment. Now if this would have been lower than, you know, bugs, then then we got uh. a problem. Then we got a problem. But yeah, it's a, it's all good, man. All right. Let's get some scores. This is my top, as I mentioned. Wayne. Uh five. And then Jeff. Uh, this is a 10 and then love this song, but it's uh, just where it fell. Yeah. And Dave, I'm right there with Jeff with my nine. Um, yeah. Okay. Love the song. Absolutely. But yeah, a lot of other great tracks on here. Okay. All right. Next song is whipping. guys okay with the, the the sound effects at the beginning mm. like i don't really want pearl jam to use goofy side uh sound effects it seems like um wayne to to the it seems like a it's something that poison would do <laughs> uh, you you should live your life making sure you're not doing things poison would do absolutely yeah, what would Brett Michaels do is usually the mantra of "Don't do that." Yeah, yeah fair, enough. fair enough. Hard, hard to argue with that logic. Yeah, what is this song even about? This song is about to me. I, I felt like this is a song about being in a mosh pit. Um, it absolutely it fe- is. It feels like being in a mosh pit. I gave it an extremely high score because it actually it captures that feeling um you know there's there's a line in there about um i push i don't mean to push but i'm being shoved like i say it just has all these 
these these great images and don't get behind. I can't fall back. This, it feels and sounds exactly like being in a mosh pit. That's interesting. That's an interesting take. I didn't hear that, but I like your take on that. That's kind of a cool imagery. Although the funny thing is they, they kind of will uh, speak up when it feels like people are not being kind to each other in mosh pits at different points too. Oh, absolutely. So. It's, it's a fine, fine line. I, I kind of tag this with being what so much of the theme of the album is about, which is again, it just feels like pushing against the pressures of fame. I feel like that's so, so uh, ingrained throughout so many of the songs in this that, that maybe it's a metaphor with a mosh pit for again, um, the way that you're being shoved and the directions that you're being pushed, you know, um, and uh, that's, you know, going to get a whipping. Um, I, 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 I see that sort of stuff in it. It's a good, quick, two-and-a-half-minute frenetic energy uh, kind of punky song, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to Wayne's point of this is one of my more favorite songs. Whenever I'm corresponding with, um, with prospective guests and we're trying to get them on the show, I always say, I'm more of the Americana guy, but my co-host is the punk guy. And so how fitting that your uh, that your that your score is way higher than mine is. <laughs> uh, so this is my five and then Wayne. A twelve. And then Jeff. Uh, I got a six. And then Dave. Yeah, this is also my six. All right. All right. This this fun fact, this would have been my third choice for Wayne um, in favorite songs. It was not for you. Satan's bed and then whipping. So I feel like I'm close. I'm close. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I, I, I couldn't disagree with all of that. <laughs> all right. Next song is Pry 2. Is it a song? Is it a song? I, I, I was just going to say, do I? I don't know if I even want to put a sound clip in for, for uh, this you song. You can't. I, I always, I, I find the rhythm of it kind of fascinating. It's a little bit hypnotic, you know, P R I V A C Y. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that I, 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 there's a hypnotic quality that I kind of dig in between these other songs. I think it, it, it does transition you from, again, it's a, it's a, it's a palate cleanser almost in a way from whipping to corduroy because it would be weird Such to just jump Such a 90s in. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it goes it goes right along with what you said. I mean, a lot of this album is about uh, fame and how. I mean, this is. I mean, telegraphing it. You know, privacy is priceless. Though, but and of the four songs that I feel like are a joke, I don't get this one is the, the highest rated, <laughs> and a lot of that is for the fact that it's one minute and three seconds long. Yep. <laughs> that's how you. That's how you do this. Like. At, some, at the end of this, they do seven, almost eight minutes, don't, we'll, and that's we'll, too much. We'll, I know. I'm just. I don't want to get out of myself. But this one, this one gets the high score that it does for its brevity. It, it also has a message to it that I think fits with the theme of this album, like Jeff said. And they kept it. Brief. That's that's kind of punk in itself, right? It's it's got a message. Uh, it's and it's it's quick. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. I one thing that Jeff said was that you know this palate cleanser in a in a transition. Now, like on a CD, this is the transition, right? But on on the vinyl, this is the opener to the second side, which is just weird to me. Like if if I, you know, I don't listen to my vinyl of of Vitology very often, but when I set the needle down on side two, like. This isn't what I expect to hear 
as you know a beginning song to a second side I'm going but straight you, to corduroy there it is yeah it's like can i move this needles over just a little bit um oh so gently drop it down. yeah oh, nice uh, so, but, but yeah i i've i've never really liked this song um all that much um i i think i i liked it only in the fact that it somehow fit within the record um you know like you guys said there's this a theme of, of privacy and, and Eddie kind of losing, you know, losing the ability to just walk down the street and not be bothered, yeah. you know? And, uh, and so like, to me, it's, it, it fits the record, but you know, by golly, I, I don't want to hear the song on its own somewhere out in the wild other than, you know, I only want to hear it as a transition between these two songs. Um, other than that, no thanks. No, we've spent more time talking about this song than it deserves. Than it would have lasted. Yeah, than it yeah true. So, uh, this is my three, Wayne. I gave it a four. Jeff? Four. And Dave? This is my deuce. There you go. Next song. Corduroy. And let's see, David. Uh, yeah, uh, Jeff and Wayne both predicted that Corduroy would be your favorite song, and I hate that I must be predictable. So, <laughs> yeah, this is my favorite. <laughs> uh, so this was this was not a commercial single. However, it ended up reaching number thirteen on the Modern Rock chart. Yeah. I mean, it. This was all over the radio. It did get a lot of play. Yeah, and and I was just gonna say, since Wayne and I were living in the Seattle market, um, yeah, this was all over the radio for a long time. You know, I, I don't know how much it would have been for you guys living outside the Seattle market, but you know, thirteen in the United States, okay, but like this song was on Seattle radio for years. And and going back to the the song before this so where he's talking about the privacy you guys kind of know the lore of what the song is about yeah yeah his jacket <laughs> yeah so it's, it, it's again jacket, privacy yeah 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 his jacket is being sold as a collectible for you know four hundred dollars or five hundred dollars six hundred six hundred dollars okay. he had bought it for like well, wasn't it He'd bought yeah. a, jacket, a corduroy jacket for twelve or fourteen. That in order to capture the the grunge aesthetic, some designer had made the same essentially jacket they were selling for six hundred bucks. And how yeah. stupid that was, you know. And and Ricky, uh, what's his name? Ricky uh, Martin. Ricky yeah. Martin essentially playing some sort of a version of him on General Hospital, but you know, much more polished and handsome and all that sort of nonsense. Oh boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's ferocious. I like this. This song is this song is really cool. It's ferocious, but it's it's earnest lyrics without going ballad. You know what I mean? Um, the McCready yeah. guitar solo is fantastic. It's got a great bass line. This one I would I would love for it to have become a full blown Neil Young down by the river length type. 
instead of just fading out the jam, but it does sort of do that live. So it, it had that potential. And, and then when you hear this is a live one, um, and the live version is definitely one of the uh, one of the things that affects my score at this point. It's great on the album, but this has become just an epic, epic live song. Faster tempo, longer jams. Um, it uh, usually changes the second. Can't buy what I want to it because it's peace, you know, which is kind of cool. And um, it's just a good, really great live song. Totally agree. I'm looking right now to see how much longer the live versions go than the album version. Let's see. Well, sometimes version. they get around six, six and a half, I think. I was just going to say, so album version is four minutes and 38 seconds. The one for Let's Play 2, it clocks in at 6.04. Yeah. I would have liked, again, I, I wish they had just embraced the the crazy horse and be like, here's our 18 minute version, just like down by the river, or, you know, uh, um, Cortez, the killer or something, but, uh, I'd, it, I'd be it, cool with that. Yeah, I would too. I love the jam in this. I love the music yeah. with or without the lyrics in this one. Yep. All right. This is my 13 Wayne. This is my favorite song. I, I'm for all the things that Ow. we've just mentioned. Um, but this is a one that to me it's, and this is, I will say, just like we just did a, an album where my, I would say my favorite song was not the song I gave the highest score to. I think this is the best song. It's not, I don't know if I'd call it my favorite song, but I think it's the best song. It's, it's grown up without they they're, they were really coming into their own and they were, they were the biggest, you know, right in the conversation with you two and the Rolling Stones for biggest band in the world. And, and this is a song that still captures that, that anger and that, 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 aesthetic from the the grunge feel but it's it's grown up it's more it's 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 more it's more grown up without sounding older there you go can i just say how much i love that this is your favorite song because that that definitely replaces the disappointment of not for you not being your favorite song i love that it's your favorite song i love that that's a little bit i wouldn't have predicted this to be your favorite song and it is so i've i've got a 13 on this and then Dave, we already said this is your favorite song. Yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for dynamics and in songs, and so going you know loud, quiet, loud sort of thing. And and uh, hey, man, it was the '90s, and I also owned a uh, pair of black corduroy pants that I absolutely loved in high school. So we could hear you coming a mile away. Is what you're saying? Yeah. That was the best. Oh yeah. Oh yes. The the thighs rubbing up against one another. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, next. That song. sounds sexy. It, it's not. <laughs> uh, next song is Bugs. Do I join them? Looks like that's the one. I got bugs on my skin. And I don't even want to give this song any extra criticism i just i hate this this is my deuce and i hate it yeah i don't like it i, I don't like it either it's this my skip every damn time yeah i skip it every time it's my deuce and it's only my deuce because there's one song that somehow i like less <laughs> and it doesn't have lyrics i think i give him credit for the fact that he's playing an accordion and wrote some lyrics and it's been played all of yeah, three times ever live by pearl jam uh well, no Eddie has Eddie has tried to do it five times in solo shows, so it's it's not one that they love either. Does he have an accordion while he's playing it? Like a good question. 
time to I, go. You know what? I, 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 I think I, I think I would enjoy the fact that Eddie would bring out a, a crappy thrift store accordion and play the song at a show. I, th- I think I would actually geek out for that. I would rather see him do it live than listen to it again on the album. I'll tell you that. You know what yeah, he's trying same, to do same. with the accordion? He was trying to get Weird Al to do a cover of this. <laughs> well, and it's two minutes weird... and 45 seconds. I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too much. At first, I wanted to say it was kind of a paranoia thing because the lyrics have a paranoia, but mm-hmm. he's so good at conveying the emotions that he's that he you know the the what he's trying to sing about through his voice, and he goes very matter of fact. So he's clearly that's not what it is. So I tried to find something you know you know as far as those those uh, the things the bugs would be like the critics and record execs and the media and yes men and Ticketmaster and stuff. And even then, I can't I. I'm just searching at this point because this has gone on too long and it sh- shouldn't be here. I gave it a two also. Yeah. So, Benj, while you didn't get a Weird Al cover uh, in high school, my my buddies and I in the low brass section, we would actually play that accordion part. Yeah. So so, so if you've gone to some uh, select Tenino High School basketball games, like just randomly the low brass would start playing that. And and if enough of us were playing it, I would I would shout some of the lyrics uh, for Bugs. So it, we were very aware of how ridiculous the song was. And that's why we did it. Um, and and unfortunately and or maybe fortunately, you get, uh, you know, since we're kind of rushing this recording, I actually had plans to retrieve a friend's trombone and I was going to play it for you guys. But uh, thank yeah, you for I rushing guess. it, Ben. Thank you for rushing yeah. it. <laughs> Talk about dodging a bullet. <laughs> this is the first time I've been grateful that we got rushed to put this episode together. <laughs> You're welcome, world. <laughs> yeah. All right. So was it a, my- Was it a rusty trombone? no quite rusty no (laughs) Uh, it was well waxed i guess oh man how that's the other way a trombone should be (laughs) we're all all right right. we absolutely are all right what did you score dave uh i gave it a three um Well, you know, I, I gave it a three just because, uh, like, I I do legitimately like Pry 2 less. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and let's be honest, like, you know, I told you the story of, you know, you know, us playing it. That's probably the only reason why it's it's higher. Um, yeah. But yeah, Pry 2 is my deuce, so this is my three. All right. Next song is Satan's Bed.
expected Wayne to have a higher score in this. What I didn't expect was that my score would be the same as his. <laughs> so, so maybe there is some punk rock still in me, Wayne. Oh, I think I'm getting soft. That's it's more like that. <laughs> if, if, Cord- if Corduroy is your favorite and a song like Satan's Bed doesn't get there, you've softened a little bit. You've definitely softened. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. This has a line that I like in it. I like the line, I shit and I stink. I'm real. Join the club. I like that. I, that is punk rock. That's, yeah. that's a very punk rock line, and it's a very honest line. You know, Eddie never suffers at being able to live earnest, uh, and and he really does. It's it's the whole thing about models and all this sort of nonsense that would go along with fame and people, you know, being willing to probably sleep with him that that wouldn't have been before. And and so that line about like, uh, you know, I still do these things, right? Like, I, if I don't shower, I'm not pleasant, and you know, I take dumps, and and I'm a normal person. Uh, I, I like that that reality of it. But other than that, it's not a not a song I love much. Okay, Wayne, what what do you like about this? I like the energy. That's why I've got it as a. As yeah, a I think I think this is some of I think Stone's best guitar work. I did like I really like that he was taking another shot at all those at all those people. Just like Jeff mentioned that it like the oh, the recurring theme about you know I'm I'm not any or in a lot of ways I'm I'm not comfortable with being famous and you people are and I can recognize you people for who you are. Um, but and the whip, the whip soundtrack or the whip effects, I thought were much better used here than you would have than being cliche and putting them in the beginning of whipping. Mm. But ultimately, I've I've slept in Satan's bed and I want it out. I, I like the lyrics better than the sound and feel of this one. Honestly, I like the lyrics. Was Satan wife number one or wife number two? <laughs> Whatever, whatever. <laughs> if you think if you think I'm falling for that, you're <laughs> <laughs> you're being recorded as well. That's... Yeah. <laughs> this is the internet days. I need Drunk Wayne back because Drunk Wayne would have said said uh, or answered <laughs> my question. So, all right, yeah, all right. Let's get some scores. This is like I said. This is my eight, Wayne. I also gave it an eight. And Jeff, five. Dave. Yeah, I'm, I'm also a five. I, I just one quick thing to add. Um, this is only one of two Stone Gossard songs on the uh, on the album. Yeah. Like, and so like, again, kind of like looking at Vitology as this like, you know, pivoting to something different in Pearl Jam's history. Like, you know, Stone was the guy. He wrote all these songs. And like Jeff said way earlier, you know, Eddie basically came in at the beginning of here's all these practically finished songs and you just got to put some lyrics on it. And, you know, Vitology is definitely the moment where like, this is, this is kind of Eddie's band now. Um, so I, I think my notes were he, yeah, he co-wrote only four more songs. So there's two songs that were his on this album, co-wrote four more. And um, we're definitely about to give low marks to uh, three of those four co-written songs. So, fun, fun fact: Stone yeah. is my least favorite member of Pearl Jam, uh, especially now that Matt Cameron is the drummer. Like, <laughs> I just did. I didn't know that you could uh, rate band members like that. I don't know. He just he strikes me sometimes as just so bogus. Uh, I've seen you know the it, when you see documentary stuff, he just is the one that I connect to the least out of all of them. Um, for Who's whatever your favorite? Reason. Huh? Who's your favorite? 
Jeff or Mike or yeah, Mike. I think it's Mike's. My it's got to be Mike. Yeah, Mike's. Jeff's my pretty close. My, Jeff is the Missoula connection though too. I always uh, I loved that Jeff was from Missoula. Um, I love Jeff a lot. I think Big Sandy. Some, yeah, he's got he's got some uh, some real interesting uh, flair to him, especially in the early days. But Mike is Mike would be my favorite. I love Matt though. I love Matt. He's pretty damn cool. That's a cool dude. And the drummer for both Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. Yeah, come on, that is crazy. Yeah, that's legit. Totally. All right, next song, Better Man. realize that um, this was not a commercial not a single. single yeah it's wild it, it reached the top of billboards mainstream and spent eight weeks at number one yep and this song was freaking everywhere <laughs> like every i feel like every channel radio station in utah played this song the rock station, the alternative station, the the mainstream station. Um, it was everywhere, and that's probably why my score is going to be what it is. Um, I, I did want to just mention a couple things. So while I was doing research, I thought this was interesting that um, the melody and the chord progression is based off of the English beats, save it for later. Which they often transition to when they're doing it live. Cor- correct. <laughs> One other thing that I that I was looking at was, um, so Pete Townsend sang the song with with Pearl Jam um, back in 1999. You realize that Pete Townsend also does a cover of "Save, Save It for Later. Later." Yeah, and it's re- yeah. and it's really freaking good. So. Um, there you go. Everybody loves save it for later. And if you don't like save it for later, you can't be my friend. Cause that's one of my favorite songs ever. So yeah, it's a, it's a great, and it transitions nicely. This is a great really song. Well. And, and yeah. I don't know whether it was overplayed or not at the time. I, I don't care because it's become such a huge, huge, huge part of, uh, their live show. And it's, it's such a phenomenal live song. It, it gets more points for me for that, for sure. Um, when they do this song, it is just, it, it is big, big. And the, the reaction is huge. Everyone um, sings along. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. The Everyone. energy of this yeah. and the, the communal feeling of it, the idea of it, um, you know, about it being about, uh, you know, regret of being in a re- either abusive relationship or even just if you're in an emotionally negligent relationship, this is a song I would, I would ask my, I would play for my daughter and be like, listen, read these lyrics, listen to them. And when you get ready to, to, 
you know, pair up with somebody. Just think about this. Think about that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Memories back yeah. when she was bold and strong and waiting for the world to come along. And then what did you settle for? And, you know, and at points have I been the one that that my wife settled for, yeah. that I wasn't as, uh, that I wasn't the better man than I could have been. And I'm sure there's moments there that she's had that. And then, so it's it's also that thing of like going, how do I strive to be better than the guy in this song too? Uh, even if it's not abusive, abusive, if it's just sort of negligent. Um, yeah. so this one, I, I just love it. I absolutely love it. And, and 1994, Jeff, this would have been f- further down, uh, for sure. But, uh, the funny thing is there's so many good songs about the song behind the scenes. Um, it's one that Eddie actually wrote in high school, all the way back in high school. He, he played mm. it with his song, with his band in San Diego. And then it was so close, so close to not ever being like a, a really a, a Pearl Jam album song. It, it was part of the verses sessions and got left off um and and brennan o'brien made a huge mistake that when they when he heard it he said oh this is a hit and then eddie's like no nope. <laughs> he backed away from it. it's the it was the wrong thing to say at the right time but he was so right i i first heard the song as a live version um somehow the end um the seattle alternative station or marco collins maybe be more specific got his hands on a live version of this. And so it got played a a few times on the end, you know, months before Vitology came out. And, you know, bro, if, if you recall the, the old stereo that was in the room that we shared for years, like I remember like jumping out of bed one day, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be getting ready, getting some shut eye for middle school the next day. And, but I like, I jumped out of bed, I grabbed a, a blank cassette and I, I recorded this and I don't know how many times I listened to this, you know, that song before the album even came out, which is just awesome. And so, you know, being able to finally hear it when, you know, I got my hands on the album for good was, you know, amazing. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, another kind of cool connection, you know, I've, I've heard Eddie, mentioned before that you know that old band in san diego bad radio you know they got played on the radio a couple times and that was marco collins who used to work at 91x way down in san diego so uh-huh. um, kind of a, another cool connection there but um yeah but you know all the marco collins facts i i, I am a little bit of a radio marco collins fanboy yeah rightfully so marco's the bomb marco's awesome and you know like i've told you before you know like i wanted to be marco when i was you know doing the radio thing which i'm not now obviously but you know it's been a it's been a while since i've reached out to him to see if he'd come on the podcast i should i should do that again it's been probably a year since i reached out to him he would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. This would be yeah. the perfect place. Yeah. All right. Let's get some scores on Better Man. This is my seven. Wayne? I gave it a nine because I've probably been that guy in the room that she was turned the other way, <laughs> regretting her choices. And Jeff? Uh, I think I've been that guy too. Uh, but, it, um, <laughs> you know, it's 14 for me. It's definitely my top at this point. Uh, this is my 13. I, I kind of struggled with where to put it. And, and honestly, when I initially started grading this, it was a lot lower. And then, you know, as I've thought about it the last couple of days, it moved all the way up to my, my second favorite. Just Jeff, like you said, Brendan O'Brien was right. Like, it's a hit. It's an awesome song. Yep. 
All right. Next song, if you can call it that, is uh, Aya Davanita. Did I say it right? Sure. <laughs> So here are the actual lyrics posted on Genius, the website. Oh, oh God. You guys ready? <laughs> oh, boy. And I, and I think I'm going to do it in the, um, the Adam Sandler Opera Man character <laughs> voice. Ready? I have a Nia. Jahu, Jahu, Ahu. I have a Ahu, Ahu. How'd I do? <laughs> That was fantastic. Perfect. Okay, those you are know, the lyrics. That, you know, the only thing that could have topped that is if I had my trombone here to play bugs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I, I wish you had, a, I wish I, you hadn't I had time to prepare hit. that too, Ben. I wish you hadn't had time to prepare that. <laughs> <laughs> if we could have avoided that as yeah. well as the trombone, I think Wayne and I both would have been uh you guys didn't like that? Yeah. Oh, no, okay. No, no. Okay. You guys are just no fun. Now that's not true. Uh, this one, this is the least annoying musically of all the of those four tracks we've mentioned. Um, also, the least interesting. It's repetitive. Yeah, well, it's repetitive nature. It's only two two forty five, but yet it's so repetitive that it feels like it. It feels like it's just six seven minutes long. It just. Yeah. I I I I felt bad about this getting a three, but I I really was. I had no choice. I ran yeah. out of ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of me. I gave it a one. Uh, Damn boys. Yeah. I gave it a one. I just, it, I have no use for it. I just don't. I, I, you know, I, I kind of feel the same as Wayne of saying there's kind of this lower four group of four songs, but out of those four songs, this is the one that I'm actually a hundred percent okay with being on the album. Like to me, this does feel like a good way to transition from Better Man to Immortality, and I guess I never really realized. Dwayne, you said it was two minutes forty-five seconds. Is that right? That's what I. That's what I saw. Okay, like I, which, is I, two, which is two minutes and fifteen you, seconds too long. Two fifty-five. Two fifty-five. Wow. Oh. I, I. I mean, I did think it was a little bit shorter, but you know the. It's definitely a song that was made to be kind of like trance-like, you know, and and yeah, you kind of get lost in it. And you know, one thing that we haven't really mentioned yet. <laughs> dang, okay, not quite like that, buddy. Uh, but you know, one thing we haven't really mentioned is like kind of the way this album was recorded as well. You know, a lot of this was recorded while they're kind of in between tour stops and you know, there's a lot of songs on this record that were kind of born out of them just jamming. And this is clearly one of those songs where, you know, they probably were just jamming in the recording studio one day and Brendan O'Brien's like, I'm going to hit record and we're going to see what happens. And, you know, after they put a couple more punch-ins here and there and add a couple more other things, there you go. You got a song on the album. You know, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's a great song, but it's a palate cleanser. It's okay. It's for sure. It's just, it's just too long of a palate cleanser. Forty five seconds of it would have been absolutely fine to get you between those two songs. I'm fine with having transition songs, but this one is just like okay, stop it now. And it doesn't sound like a Pearl Jam song <laughs> to begin with. So 
No, it definitely doesn't sound like a Pearl Jam song. Which, like which on also, Paul Simon or something. It sounds which like Paul Simon. Also, yeah, I, I was going to say, since it doesn't found, sound like a Pearl Jam song, that also makes it a Pearl Jam song for Vitology. Like, this is definitely their album where they're branching out a little bit more, you know? Well, I want to say whoever, whoever's nailing that tambourine, he's working. Oh, <laughs> always the tambourine, man. Always the tambourine for Wayne. And Dave, the fact that you kind of um, are a little bit of an apologist for this song makes me think that um, there were probably mushrooms on the farm that I didn't know about. <laughs> You'll never know. We went to Wazoo. So there was probably a lot of bush light. <laughs> no, not, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no. What did you score, Ben? Did you actually score it a one? Uh, I gave it a four, but, wow. you know, I ran out of ones and yeah. twos. So, yeah. You guys are not. Uh, Wayne. Yeah. All right. Wayne, what do you got for this? Oh, I gave it a three. And then Jeff. This is my one. And then Dave. I'm I'm actually shocked that somebody gave this one the one. Um, this is my four. I, like I said, of, of those kind of four lesser songs, this is the one that I feel definitely needs to stay on the album. Next song is Immortality. Um, this was the third single from the album, uh, peaked at number 10 on the mainstream rock charts. And again, I don't recall this getting airplay, um, in Utah, but did this get some airplay in Rexburg, Idaho, for instance? I don't remember airplay, but I definitely clung to it when the album came out because it had had that, this is the same time I was really getting into Neil Young and it had a very crazy horse you know, feeling kind of jam and guitar breaks to it. And it's against, yeah. it's another great live song. It gets very epic. You just sit back and groove to it a, a lot like a Neil live. Um, it sort of peters out again on the album. Um, but, but there's another one that the score is affected by the live versions. Um, the lyrics kind of feel almost yellow lead better esque, except they're like a little more coherent and recognizable, but they're, they're still like, just like feel almost like free form word association a little bit, yeah. a lot of poetic kind of imagery. Stream of consciousness yeah, kind sort of stuff. Of, yeah. And then the cigar box on the floor, you know, that lyric was added well after um, it was originally written. And that one's pretty well been tied to the Cobain death, uh, although Eddie kind of distances himself from it. it. It's hard to say that that cigar box on the floor reference doesn't uh, tie right to that. Um, so it, it seems to have something to do with suicide and death as well. I don't think the whole song was about him because it was actually written before his death. But it does seem like that reference was put in to refer to him. What else you guys got on immortality? Musically, it it doesn't kind of has a different feel. It almost reminded me of some of the stuff like Stone Temple Pilots did. Um, But I, I, you know, he's so unmistakable. I mean, that's something that I kind of heard in the background. 
But I really like, I say, I the suicide, the truant, the reference to the truant. And I guess I didn't think of it as a, in the Kurt Cobain sense, but it definitely has kind of along the lines of a, a lot of the, the songs about almost like not believe, you know, not deserving to be here a little bit um, about, you know, fame and being famous. Goes back to a couple other songs of the invasion of the privacy. Yeah. Kind of go back to, you know, hearing it on the radio. Like I, I think I heard this a few times on the radio and maybe Wayne, you can vouch for that too, you know, but like, I, I always definitely felt like, why was this made an official single? That that always baffled me because, I mean, you got Better Man and Corduroy, you know, like, why are those not official singles? And then I don't know if you guys knew the, the B side on Immortality is a cover version of Rearview Mirror by the Frogs, which I also listened to last night and it was may maybe better than that uh juggalo version of uh, not for you so i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say you know dear people of the world go ahead and just skip that one yeah all right well i understand corduroy not being a single because i think that was on intentional um just even when you think about the the, the reference the of the of the coat and the whole idea of the song it makes complete better man i i don't get around here the hard rock stations played everything that was Pearl Jam that they could get their hands on. For sure. Um, you know, KISW didn't, there were no Pearl Jam songs that were not in some kind of a, a rotation right. on that station. Right. Except for Bugs. <laughs> I bet they put it. <laughs> I bet they did. I bet they did. I'm sure they did Pearl Jam A to Z or something like that. With, I bet it got with, on there. With trombones. With trombones. Oh, <laughs> That's the Tanina remix. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. All right. Uh, This is my 10. Wayne. Seven. Jeff. 11. Dave. Also my seven. All right. And then we're wrapping this up with uh, Stupid Mop. Or or what's the the other title? Hey, Foxy Mop Handle Mama, that's me. Oh, my gosh. This is seven... Seven minutes and 24 minutes of just sheer torture. This is so much more interesting to me, though, than Bugs and the instrumental because it's it's loop recordings of patients in a psychiatric hospital. I'm at least intrigued at what that sounds yeah. like. Um, but I'm not going to listen to it a lot, but and it goes on way too long. But I, I like it better than those for sure. Um, just because I'm, I'm curious. The, the fact that these are things that people are saying within their sessions is more interesting to me than him making up lyrics about bugs and singing it to an accordion. <laughs> Fair. I, you know what? I had no freaking clue until looking this all up, like exactly where those recordings came from. Um, looking into all this is like, Oh, that makes total sense. Those were psych patients that, you know, these recordings came from uh, makes way more sense. You know, if there were, two hey fop foxy mop handle mamas on this album and only one had the psych patients uh i i would i would give that one my deuce um but um i do think you should yeah. try this with some of your tonino mushrooms though i think you should uh yeah yeah tonino mushrooms and and trombones let's, I let's go Anita, and i think that there it's you've got a four song quadrilogy uh that you can put on with, with <laughs> yeah the, uh, i got an e that's an ep right there and i could debut it right here on this podcast yeah Mm. 
I don't think so. I don't know. Just do a podcast. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave does much. We're really hooked up, Dave. We got lots of guests lined up. It's and it's going to be well, hard to make that I, happen, right? Ben? I would listen. I would listen to a po- uh, uh, you know a twenty minute <laughs> podcast of Dave doing mushrooms while he listens to the four worst songs on this album. <laughs> I would do it. I would listen to it. And then I would can do drunk, mushrooms and listen. Can to drunk it. Wayne came uh, come on as well. Oh. Oh, I don't know if you want Drunk oh, Wayne on that podcast. Oh, drunk Wayne and Mushroom Dave. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, yeah. Actually, I would listen. Uh, drunk Wayne, you just sold it. You just sold it to me. <laughs> to have him angrily, angrily. No, Drunk Wayne is not not, not, angry. not total, totally angry. You need to have poison angry Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I gave this my because I I did not know that that does that might have affected my score about the the psych patients but to me ultimately what the length is ridiculous and yeah, yeah. I don't think this is what you want people listening to last you don't want this to be the sound in their ears or the taste in their mouth as they as they finish phytology I guess. There's something yes. there's something merciful about putting it last though. You know? <laughs> that is true. You know that what I is mean? true. Like it's the kind of song that when you got a CD back then, you you would sit through it going, I bet there's a secret song after this, and that's why they're making me right. sit through this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I listened to the whole thing. I was telling Ben, I was listening to this painfully for almost eight minutes, waiting, thinking that they might do something that makes this all make sense at the end. So my bitterness was increased when it got over and nothing had fucking happened. <laughs> my, my score is better because I sat down with the lyrics, listened to the whole thing with lyrics, read through them while it was going on. And again, it's just sort of a, a weird fascination. That's all it is. That's the only benefit it has to me. It's just it's sort of fascinating to you, read. You what gave it your... Down. You gave it a higher score than the rest of us because just because of the lyric of my spanking, that's the only thing I want so much. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm telling you. It makes lyrics, you feel closer to the person. The words are interesting. <laughs> when you listen to the words and realize these are their therapy sessions, there is right. something that's sort of intriguing about it to me. Um, I also, there's a book, there's a book that I read like, it was all just essays by people in mental hospitals. And it reminds me of the, what was the, the, it was a was it Dudley Moore? They had that movie where they all became ad execs in the mental hospital. Um, oh, crazy people! I think so. Was that Wasn't what it, crazy people? Yeah, I think crazy? that's what it was called. And it was brilliant. It was they just did all of these like no more lies type commercials. Like get this, get Jaguar because you want to get laid or something like that. There was something so honest. <laughs> there was something so honest about what their perspectives were on things that I, I found myself intrigued by this. So I would say. You should listen to it one last time ever, but do it with the lyrics on. Yeah, huh? I'm good. Um, all right. This is my one. Wayne. Also my one. And Jeff. Three. Crazy. Uh, Wayne. <laughs> or, uh, I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> yes. Speaking of crazy, three? Okay. Uh, this is also my one. I put it above Bugs and Aya Davanita. I didn't put it above Corduroy. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I could have nearly flipped a coin with the last four. That's that's. There's four turds on this thing. Yeah, agreed. All right. Uh, so any guesses for uh, number one? Corduroy's got to be it. Corduroy. Yeah, yeah. Corduroy, thirteen point five. Um, number two, not for you, with the eleven point five. Uh, third, Better Man, 
that had a 10.75. And then we had a two-way tie for fourth uh, for Nothing Man and Spin the Black Circle. Last Exit barely missed out. Uh, Tremor Christ barely missed out. And Immortality barely missed out. Which, that just tells you how good the songs are outside of those four that you have. Yeah. You have our scoring that that's that's cl- so close for all of those songs. Yeah, there's ten really good songs, and then there's I, I I don't know for me there's about six that are just legendary Pearl Jam songs in terms of their live canon. Yep, yep, to- totally agree. All right, well, did we uh, did we do right? Yeah, for, for I hope this? so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. This was a good. Uh, Good way of spending the quarantine, right? <laughs> Better than what I was going to do. Yeah. Which was? Spend time with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. That's what I'm going to go do next. I'm going to go do that. Now. Yeah. Me, me too. Actually, I'm I'm going to go uh, make dinner and then spend time with my kids. So, All right. There you All go. Right. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, be safe. Be uh, safe, everybody. Be healthy. Yep. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Don't lick any Dab. pennies. Um, they're dirty. Don't handle any toilet seats. Use your, yeah, use your debit card everywhere. Don't touch money. Except you got to hit the number pad when you use your debit card. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Use your credit card then. Yeah, they just got a Costco. You just, just bring a bottle of hand sanitizer everywhere you go. Here's here's something that I've learned during this thing. If you tell me to wash my hands, I do wash my hands more. If you tell me don't touch your face, I touch my face nonstop, like all the time. <laughs> as soon as you tell me not to touch it, like saying it right yeah. there makes me want to itch something. Like my nose gets itchy. As soon as you say don't touch your face, I'm like, but I have to. Yeah, but if you wash well, your hands, then then you should be fine. I know, but boy, you tell me don't, and that's the first thing I want to do. My issue is the fact that I have a beard. Like, do you know how often I just play with my beard? There's like, poop in that. Yeah, and there, <laughs> there's there's last night's dinner. There's poop. I'm pretty sure there's a bird's nest in here somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, CDC says you're supposed to shave your beards right now. Yeah, well, e- the, goat, the goat's mm. not going away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. shaving. <laughs> that's... <laughs> maybe maybe I'll trim it down, but that's. I gotta I cut do. my own hair. That sucks. You have hair? Oh my god! I was gonna get a uh, haircut I, before uh, all of this. I, there's a there's a there's a weak region in the middle, front front towards the to the back. <laughs> so I like to keep it at a one, and I go to the barber because I like that straight razor on my neck. But they're all shut down. Yeah. Got a tattoo canceled because of this whole thing. This whole thing is becoming a nuisance. I say only the strong should survive. Let's just all go out, go lick everything. Four concerts canceled, all of which I was just badly looking forward to. One the day before in Missoula. I was traveling to Missoula for a concert. and Oh, man. You know, stupid. I, I, that, that part of it. All, when you take away all yeah. my good stuff, man, I, I definitely I, I self-medicate. I'm a self-medicator with events for sure. I'm very, you- I'm very happy that my two big concerts are towards the end of summer. Oh, boy. I'm annoyed. Yeah, my my Brian Fallon concert got canceled, and my Wilco show is supposed to happen in a month, and I'm pretty sure that ain't going to happen. And then I got doobies not until June. Um, So, yeah. 
You're going to need yeah, more was, doobies than that between now I'm and gonna then. I'm going to need some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was going to see Rage Against the Machine at the Tacoma Dome, and uh, that's postponed as well. Uh, well, stay safe, guys. Let's yeah. do the outro. Are you guys ready? Ready. Why not? Yeah. Thanks Thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Um, go go to a live show. Go to an internet broadcast live show. Hey, live, yeah, find, find live streams. Yeah. Buy a t-shirt of the band, which you still can do. Buy and a record, wa- wash which it, you still wash can it do. You put it on. Absolutely. Visit oh, yeah. a record store virtually. <laughs> and we are Records Revisited, and we are out. 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 All right, I have to poop. Ha <laughs> ha